0: I ask it all in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Amen. Go ahead, please take your seats. It says there, fit for the kingdom. And when I read that, I go, wow. Um, What kind of obstacles do we face if we're not being fit? It's like going to the gym. Um, I I go to the gym all the time. I ride bikes. But I had to develop uh, a habit. Anybody know what a habit is? Mm -hmm. Some of you got bad habits. (laughs) Right? But see, there were times when I was beginning... You know you got to go, you go, wow, today's my day, and I want to go hit the road, I want to run, I want to ride, but all of a sudden you feel like, wow, I don't know if I want to go today, and I'm kind of tired, and I don't know, and then somebody calls, hey, you want to go to the movies? Yeah, I want to go to the movies, and all of a sudden, you don't stay fit, you ever see that? If it happened to you, you know what I'm talking about. It's like, uh, I'm, you know, 24-hour fitness. I hate January, February, March in the gym. I hate it because that's when everybody joins and they crowd the, the gym for a month and a half. Then after March, everybody leaves. And they're like, oh, now we're back to normal. And I'm, I like the gym again because it's empty. Because after January, everybody wants to, I'm going to get fit. I'm going to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger, oh, right? I'm going to have my girly body. That, that dress I have way in the corner that I haven't worn for a decade, I'm going to wear it. <laughs> right? You know, right? And in January, are like, ah, but then what happens? Something happens. Well, you can, you can boil them in a lot of different forms, but when you boil it down, it's excuses. Right? It's excuses. And see, that that's the thing that happens. When you think about an obstacle that can keep a person unfit for service. See, talent won't keep you from service. Education won't keep you from service. Money won't keep you from service. Your spouse won't keep you from service. See, however, those things that I just mentioned, they can be misleading when we're talking about being fit for service for God, but those are not the reason why people uh, choose not to serve God or or get deeper or get fit for the kingdom, right? They could mislead you. Talent, you know, talent. If you're very talented, talent could lead to pride, which is a doorway to a fall. Education can make you wise in your own eyes and... Then you could profess that you're wise and you could become a fool. Education will do that. Money, well, with the love of it being the root of all evil, money can be very deceptive. Your spouse. Some people use their spouse as a stumbling block. I want to, but my wife, I want to, but my husband. No, 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 a that's a no no no. Don't I don't can't blame each other. See, despite these realities, though, there's only one thing that will hinder your destiny. Excuses. That's it. My daughter said, yes. Others have have, have given that opportunity. She's not the first one with an opportunity. And they said, I want to, but okay. And God, the Holy Spirit is is a gentleman. He'll never force you to do anything you don't want to do. It comes from you. So he moves on to the next person who has no excuse. So why do people tend to make excuses? There's a lot of reasons. I got I got them. I listen down to three eyes. The eyes have it. I I I. Some are irresponsible. Irresponsible is a, is a unique word that can be untrustworthy, unreliable. They just just for whatever reason they, that's part of them, and they just come up with a good one, and they don't do what God called them to do. Others may be insecure. There are some people that you know, they're afraid. They're insecure. You know that word insecure? Wavering, restless. Another word for insecure. Is weak. You can't recall. You're weak. And sometimes that insecurity keeps you from the call, and it's an excuse. Third thing is indolent. I like indolent because I'm looking for another eye. Indolent is a very interesting word. Indolent means slothful, easygoing, lazy, or idle. Wow. Hopefully, and I know that nobody in this room is indolent, right? But these are reasons why people make excuses. The reason are many, and one thing that is very apparent that people do make excuses from time to time. See, that's what the opening scripture Luke, Luke was saying nobody who, who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit. Well, why would somebody look back? Because invariably, you talk to people that come to church and in and out, they go, well, I love Jesus. And they all say the right thing. I love the Lord. I love this. I love, oh, I want to follow God. But then all of a sudden, God begins to get you and want to take you to another level, and he wants to really deal with you, and he's working with you, he's cutting the shaft out of your life. He's beginning to shape you, shape you, shape you. All of a sudden, you go, hold on, Jack. Wait a minute. What about me? What about my career? What about, whoa, 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 whoa. Gets gets real serious. Amen? See, excuses are counterproductive to your destiny. See, if Jesus is in control of our life, if Jesus is in control of your life, if Jesus is in control... Hello, somebody. Is anybody here? Don't don't be afraid. I'll make you happy at the end. Right now, it's getting serious, right? If Jesus is in control of your life, then he has a plan for you. Now, what is so... Fearful of his plan, that's a good thing. So what I'm trying to do is bring some reality to your life and get you on the path towards his plan. Not my plan, his plan. Amen? See, there is no excuse not to do what he asks you to do. Right? See, many attempt to tell God, what he should and shouldn't do. That's the thing. Everyone wants to serve God, but sometimes, we what do we do? We want to serve God our way. We think we're Burger King. Listen, God is not Burger King. He is the King of Kings. You can't have it your way. Right? So you're in the wrong restaurant right now. See, humans are the only creatures dumb enough to argue with God. That's it. You know, you you have uh, animals that migrate, the great migrations in Africa, you know, the antelope and everything. They're going across the plains. They don't say, no, I don't want to go, God. They just get up and go. They don't argue. They know God's a God, and we're not. Animals are the only creatures dumb enough to argue with God, right? So when I thought about that, the best picture of that was our friend Moses. We all know Moses, right? We've seen Charlton Heston. Moses doesn't look like Charles and Heston, believe me. We've seen the cartoon. See, God chooses who he uses. And God will go to great lengths to get your attention. God is a call on your life, and he's going to go to great lengths to get your attention. He wants to get your attention. It's not going to be like a surprise, like, I didn't know God was calling me. When he calls you, when he's dealing with you, it's going to be loud and clear. Right? If God calls you, you will know it. God won't force you to do his will, but you'll know when you're not doing it. Hello. It's your choice. It is your choice to do it or not to do it. Now, if you choose to do it, you're good, it's a good thing. If you choose not to do God's will, and you can live life like that, but you won't be happy. Because inside, you'll know, man, I knew God called me. I, it was something in there. I just didn't want to because I was one of those eyes Pastor Albert was talking about. I mean, excuse See, in Exodus 3, chapter 1, it says that Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord peered to him and flamed a, a fire from within a bush. Moses saw that the bush was on fire and it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight. Why the bush does not burn up? When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from the within the bush, Moses, Moses, and Moses says, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandal, for the place where you're standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the fa- the God of your father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The picture, the angel of the Lord appeared to Moses, like I said earlier, God will make sure He gets your attention. And God made sure Moses had no doubt who He was speaking to. A bush that didn't burn. A bush that spoke. Think about that one. Now, if some of you thought I'd seen a bush that wasn't speaking, you probably think you're having a flashback of some of those drugs you took before. Amen. You'd be like, whoa, a bush is speaking. And I'm not talking about George Bush. Amen. See, God still appears to man today in the lives of believers, and in signs and wonders, he will speak to you. And when God has a call in your life, he will speak to you. Amen? See, God has and will call you, and when he does, again, like I said, and I'll say it again, there will be no doubt. So I'm amazed at the amount of Christians, there's a lot of them, that still doubt God's capabilities. We question his ability to be God. God is who he says he is, and he will do what he says he will. When God calls, you'll have no doubt. Even now, I'm I'm confident, I know, because a message like this doesn't come out just to come out to entertain you. God has a call on many people in this room. That's why you're here, because we are an apostolic ministry. We send people out. We don't play around. And you're here because God has a call for you. You have to talk to the bush. Amen? See, the first day I walked into Victory Outreach, Hayward, July 21st, 1985, it was my birthday. God had been dealing with me. But I knew, my wife knows, I knew there was something going on. And when I walked in the door, like always, my friend Gene Perez was always at the door. He was was the guard, he was the usher, head usher, he was there. And this is what I, I never forget these words I said to Gene. I, and I knew him because we grew up in the same neighborhood. I knew his family. I seen Gene. I go, hey, Gene. And Larry knows Gene, Perez, Gene. He was there. And I walked in and he looked at me. And back then they called me Loma. Loma. Hey, Gene. I'm here, man, because I'm going to do something for God. And I walked and sat down. Because I knew. I could fake it. I could. I could try to doubt it, but it was, I knew there was something going on in my life. Did I know what? Of course not. But I knew God had a call on my life. See, as you mature, the more you begin to sense in your heart His calling, you begin to your call begins to get a picture. But in the beginning, it's just like an unction, like something that's that, that, that there, and, and it only gets kind of quenched when you come to church, you know what I mean? Because I, I felt all uneasy, but when I came to church, I felt good. I go, yeah, this is the right place. Then I go outside and wonder, what am I doing? What's happening? Man, my, my friends think I'm crazy. My mom thinks I'm crazy. I think I'm crazy. Then I got to church, and oh, I feel good. You know? I, praise the Lord. And I get all excited, and I go out, and I go through the same head trips. Right? But I knew something was going on in my life. So almost immediately as you sense that call, doubt I don't know. And then we have all these other things, you know, because then you know, because we live in America and well, what about my mortgage payment? What about my car payment? What about my, my doggy? What about my this? But then we have all these things begin to pop up. Boom, 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 boom. Oh, I can't do it. it. must not be a call of God. That darn pastor, Victor Irish, is messing with my mind. Not my fault. Between you and the Lord. There's many voices that are going to say, do this, do this, don't do that, do this. You have to listen to the right voice. My job is to tune your in, your ear rather, to God's voice. So as your calling comes closer, the calling will begin to receive assurance. But you're not going to have that complete assurance. You're not. There's going to be a doubt. I'm sure, I, you know, I talk to my daughter. She's dripping, like, what is going to go on? And I go, hey, that's normal. You don't know what's going to go on. Because if you knew what's going to happen, then, then you wouldn't need faith. You would need an itinerary. And God doesn't give you an itinerary. He gives you a calling. And then you begin to move, and you say, what am I doing? And God says, just keep moving. Inside, you feel like you got to keep moving. But you're, you're, you have this almost like a wonder. But you, God says, keep stepping. Don't worry about it. Keep moving. I got a call. So you have to be sure that you have a call because when you start stepping, yellow somebody. Then you that's when the head trips come. And here's the problem. So you're in this head trip, that's bad enough. Then you have the world saying, Dummy, don't do it. Don't do it. What's wrong with you? Oh, you are so dumb. You're a fanatical. You're getting too crazy. Oh, what's wrong? What's wrong? And then if your family's not with you, if they're not saved, they're not in church, they're leaving worse. Oh, yeah, it gets tough sometimes, huh? So as you come closer and closer, however, the calling you receive will get a little bit more insurance. Right? Between your initial call and your insurance, you, say me, your initial call and your insurance, before you get to your insurance, you get in the way. That's it. So if you can get rid of you, you'd be okay. Unfortunately, you are stuck with you. So now we have to deal with you amen why i said it earlier because of talent money education we begin to negotiate what we want to do for god i'll do this God, but i'll do it this way and i'll do it that way and all of a sudden you think you're in a position to negotiate see this is not a god's call is not a negotiable item it is non-negotiable. He calls, he sends, and he tells you when. Not, I'll do it if, because when you do that, what, what's happening? That's what the writer said in Luke. You put your hand in the plow, and all of a sudden, God, begins to call you, you say, wait a minute, God. And you're looking at your house, your car, your dog, your family, whatever is in your mind, you're looking back. And he says, if you look back, you're not fit. Now, don't be alarmed. I'm like 24-hour fitness. I'm your I'm your um uh, your trainer. My job is to get you fit. You need to come to the gym. but well, well, there's a different kind of thing called the gym of the Holy Ghost. You need to lift some weight. Huh? You need to change your diet. Hello, somebody. Because some of you eat some strange stuff. Spiritually speaking, Amen. Yeah, see, we do this because people are not confident living by faith. Living by faith is a trip. Living by faith, trusting God—it sounds good when you say it. It's very poetic. In fact, I'm living by faith and I trust God. And then, I, if you look at that life, who says that? Let me look at your life. And then, all of a sudden, you begin to boil it down. They're not really living by faith. They're living paycheck to paycheck. There's a difference. Are you living by faith? See, living by faith is a whole different level where the paycheck is not important. The provider is. You have to change your, 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 your concept. It's not the paycheck. It's the provider. Yellow. See, most are confident with their abilities rather than God's power. Well, let me say that again because I was good. Most are more confident with their abilities rather than God's power. Why? Because God's power doesn't come, it's not like a switch you can turn it on, turn off. No, no, no. But your abilities are, you are in complete control. So as long as you're in control under your abilities, I'm going to trust me. Because i' learned i was taught by my pastor or my, my parents rather how to how to survive how to work hard how to make a living I, I you know and you get all you know really really proud of your culture and that's cool i'm not knocking it but that is we're talking trying i'm trying to get you fit and take you beyond that so, so okay that's good keep that while you're trusting god hmm? While you trusting god see the need moved god To the, ins- the little insecurity of your walk. Well, let me back up. One mistake is this. We're talking about the call. People want to be totally prepared. Because we trust what? Our abilities. Okay? But that's not going to happen. Okay, can I say it again? It's not that, in fact, is impossible. You can't wait till you're prepared. Right? Can you wait till you're prepared? No, you can't wait till I'm prepared to go. It doesn't work that way. Because if you're prepared, then you don't need God. So you, when you're following God, you have to be in a position where God has to provide or you're going to fail. Oh, no. God, you got to come through. Why? Because I'm walking by faith. What's going to happen here? A little insecurity makes us, makes us a lot more dependent on God. The Lord is not concerned with your confidence when it comes to his call. Now, he'll make you confident. Confidence is a strange thing. I'll relate to me and my wife. When when we were coming, getting sent out, I wanted to go to Australia. I was planning for Australia. On my way to Australia, they shifted me to Colorado Springs. But nonetheless, there was always this little fear. Like, God, am I going to make it? I mean, we're coming out here. and We came out here in 1996. Me, my wife... Jose and Larry, Bear, my dog, Bear, he went on to be with dog heaven, he's gone. We came out two days before we were homeless. All oh, my children were, I mean, they were babies. Alicia was eight, seven, ten. ten. Okay, ten, right? And then they had the other kids. Frank was back home, he got married. Anyway, that's another story. We come here two days before we were homeless. We had nowhere to go. We had nowhere to go. And I remember sitting in the corner. I was, I was like, I was mad. Anybody I was, anybody ever get mad at God? Come on, man. If you didn't get mad at God, okay, thank you. Come, you're with me, okay? I don't feel alone. Sheesh. I was like, you know, my wife didn't see it. Nobody seen it. It was just me and God. I walking around and we didn't know where to go. We we're homeless, man. God, I had 800 bucks in my pocket. I got nowhere to live. I'm in this city. Nobody knows me. All I have is a, a calling from you, and a vision, and I have nowhere to live. Are you Are you kidding me? Now, if you want me to go to a homeless shelter or whatever, okay, I'll do that. But that's I, I don't get it, man. What's wrong? And I'm I'm having this debate. Oh well, I'm having debate. Unbeknownst to me, somebody was talking to one of the guys and handing them keys to a house. We could rent with no money down. Why? Because they heard about what we were doing. They liked it. Here's the house. Oh, you can say, wow, backwards. Ah. And all of a sudden, God began to reassure me that I was in the right place. Because that doesn't normally happen. Amen? But that's how God works. And why? Because I heard a call. I heard a need. And the need moves God's heart. Exodus, go back to Moses in chapter 3, verse 9. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites out of Egypt. God heard the cry. The cry of his lonely people. The cry of the world. This same type of cry prompted Jesus to leave heaven and come to earth. Unlike Moses, Jesus came under complete obedience. But, but the cries are still happening now. Why do you think I'm so uh, so excited for what's happening in our life? I'm, I'm looking forward to going back to Asia to, to, to establish more ministry. I'm looking forward to going beyond the Philippines. Why? Because I hear the cry. Can you hear them? Well, they're all over Colorado Springs, the lonely housewife, the single mother, the casual drug and alcohol user. You know, they're not addicted, they just casually you know in Colorado. Casual, I'm a casual. God, the casual, because now it's legal. All right, the casual, alcoholic. Then you have the hardcore doping, drug addict, prostitute. Can you hear the cry? The gang member. So I hear it. So it moves me. So for followers of Jesus, listen, for followers of Jesus, the cries demand a response. You cannot just look at the world and see what's happening and act like as if it's not happening and be content. You can't. If you are content, then you're not following the Lord. Jesus said, I will make you fishers of men. Did he not? Listen, follow me. He goes, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. This is my friend, if you're not fishing, you're not following. Very simple. That's, a, that's who we are. We are Christians, believers, people of the way. See, when they hear the cries, and when we hear the cries, even now you're hearing the cries, this is when excuses begin. I want, I care, but I can't, and I got to do this. And here we go. But Moses did the same thing. Let's keep reading the story of Moses, a very good example. In verse 11, he said, but Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the wife out of Egypt? And God said, I'll be with you, and this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you? When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. See, the, the excuses begin. Here's the first excuse that we all are guilty of. We say, "Who am I? What can I do?" Notice God's answer. He didn't, even, he didn't even respond. God knew who he was. He was Moses, a dirt ball like all of us. He was just, you know, we we look at him back in history. Ooh, God looked at him and he goes, man, I got to use this guy. Well, you might as well use somebody. In other words, he wasn't that special. He was just another man. How do we know he's a man? Because here he is arguing with God. Remember I said men are the only stupid animal that will argue about God. Moses is our example. Who am I? God didn't even respond to who am I. He says, I'll be with you. In other words, he said, I don't care who you are. I'll be with you. I don't care what you are, who you think you are or not, or if you're something special. It doesn't matter what you think you are. As long as God is with you, that's all that matters. Who am I? God said, I'll be with you. God didn't care who Moses was. Nothing of ourselves impresses God. I hate to tell you. Now, I, You know, listen, I'm not one of those preachers that tell you how good you are. And just to be happy. I'm not one of those happy preachers. I tell you like it is. We need God because we're all messed up. Some some people have more money and afford better cologne than others, and they look better, but they're still on the inside. They need the Lord. They need obedience to God. Amen? God always chooses the lowly. Why? He likes to confuse the wise. Moses was nothing. It is not who we are. It's who we know that matters. Moses just met God people who call themselves Christians, have met God. Have you met God? See, Moses just met him right here. It wasn't like Moses came to God and went to seminary. (laughs) It it wasn't like Moses came to God and said, no, I'm not ready, God. I have to study. I have to prepare. I have to get right. I mean, you know, I'll do it, God, but let me get right. He had just met God, and God said, now go. Come on now, somebody tell me. What? Cause how, why do you think we're, we're dumb enough to send someone right out of the home? Why? Because as long as God is with you, you can go anywhere. I, I don't, I don't need a Ph.D., an M.A., or, a, or M.F.S. or a B.D. or B.V.D. I don't care what you got. All I need is to know that you love the Lord and God's with you because you have a call in your life. Let's do it. Now, those other things are cool. If you have a, a education, it makes your preaching better, but it ain't gonna change. Your anointing. The anointing is the anointing. Right? See, I see people in bondage. I see people hurting. Do you? Do you see them? See, if you have an interest in the hurting, God will use it. God is not moved by your talent, your education, your money. God moves in your life because of the need and your interest. There's a need. Is anybody interested in that need? I am. God moves. Let's do it. It's that simple. It's not that complicated. Excuse number two. Then he says to God, who are you? Imagine that. You sure it's God? God? Is that God's voice I'm hearing? Or I'm just being, you know, I don't know. Verse 13, but Moses protested, arguing with God again. If I go to the people of Israel and tell them the God of your answers has sent me to you, they will ask me, what is your name? Then what should I tell them? God replied, I of like God. He said, I am who I am. In other words, he said, you don't have to name me. I am God. Those who love God must believe that he is. He doesn't have to prove himself to anybody. Those who love God and they come to him must believe that he is And that he's a a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. If he has to prove to you who he is, he will never reveal himself to you. You just have to believe. Hmm? God also said to Moses, verse 15, Say to this people, Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. And I, I think about this. I hate to say it like this, but I will. Most believers don't truly know who God is. They know about him. They may have some intellect about who he is. But it's beyond that. So you got to get beyond the head, the mind, the brain to know God. In fact, this thing between your shoulders, remember you? That's the biggest obstacle between you and God. He has to get past your head to get into your spirit. They know about Jesus, claim to have faith, they even call him Savior. But their efforts for the masters, the effort, their effort for God needs a little tweaking. I better not use that word tweaking in this church. Need need to be adjusted. See, to know who God is. Listen, to know who God is, is to do what He says. In John 15, verse 14, Jesus is saying, it says very plainly, You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. To the excuse of who are you, it may never be said out loud, but your actions, they will speak louder than your words. That's why we don't move, because we're not really confident who God is. Well, who are you? Hmm? Who are Can you really do this for me? Can you really provide? Can you really do it? Come on, God. God, either God is God, the creator of the heavens and earth, or he's not, and if he's called you. He can provide for you. If he can't provide for you, then we're serving for the wrong God. Hello, somebody. But he can. He is a rewarder. He is a provider. Third thing people go through is um, suppose they don't believe me or listen. Now, I don't know. I'm not, I haven't jumped in Jose's mind. But I Jose's, I ain't worried about Jose. I'm not. He, he was in Africa by himself. Him and Barry, just two guys. A few other guys, I think, who was that? Fernando was there, maybe? Yeah. They went out there. They started a home in Africa, Cape Town. Vic, they didn't know Victory Outreach. In fact, this is funny as heck. They thought Jose was the founder of Victory Outreach. <laughs> right? He even made the newspaper, founder of Victory Outreach, reaching drug addicts in Cape Town. Man, we get the paper, and I go, oh, my God. I hope Pastor Sonny doesn't see this. He I can, like he's the founder of Victory Outreach. He wasn't the founder of founder. But they thought he was the founder, because he, he was new. But he went out this. I didn't worry about it. He's going go to uh, uh, go to, go to, I mean, now he's going to do just fine. But you've been in for a time of her life. Right? What if, what if they don't believe me or listen? What if, what if it doesn't happen? And because, you know, it, it's funny. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to just say because I know Jose. I know he's capable in the spirit. But I also don't know Jose. I know how he is in the natural. And so does Yupin. So she's saying, are you kidding me? We're going to... (laughs) See, but God is not concerned with who you are. We have to learn who he is. God does the work. God does it all. God turns the meekest of women into a superwoman. God turns the, 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 the most ignorant of men into the most brilliant orators. God can do anything. And we have to believe that. But you doubt it. See, at this point, Moses begins to get God angry. From verse, uh, in Exodus 22, 16 to 22, the same chapter, the Holy Spirit in the burning bush. Now think about this. The Holy Spirit in the burning bush is telling Moses what he's going to do. Right? Think about that. And rather than to believe God, Moses begins to argue. Now you got to see the picture. God is speaking to him from a bush. So here's Moses Doubting God. Now, I don't know, but if a bush was burning and talking back to me, I don't think I would argue. And he said, to go to the bush. Well, what if they don't believe me? The bush says, I'm God. I mean, if he's talking back, hello, somebody. Then you see the, the, the comical situation we have here of the great Moses. Arguing with the bush. Right? So we have much more than a bush to lead us. We have the word of God. Not only have the word of God, we have others that have gone before us. our examples right in front of our eyes. We don't have to just re- rely on this phenomenon. We have people in front of us who are leading the way. If people are leading the way, what is stopping us from believing that God can do anything? Oh, what is stopping us? Hmm? Ah he says what if they don't believe me who is going to believe a bush was talking to you in the first place the first question you should ask and who is going to believe the voice is coming from the bush he shouldn't worry about that you should get past that already but no we're always what looking for an excuse 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 see the call of God is personal I had my call your call is personal now I can facilitate the call. I can get you fit, but it's personal. It's something you have to deal with all on your own. I don't care if you're married. Well, eventually you have to con- convince your spouse, but if you're, it's all on you by yourself alone. What are you going to do with the call of God in your life? Hmm? See, most people you know will not believe you when you say you're called. In fact, you don't even want to say Tell nobody because you don't want them to laugh at you. And you don't want to tell them not only to laugh because you're not even sure yourself. See the the, the, the conundrum? Amen? Other believers will understand you, but not those outside of the church. They're not going to get it. Moses, in verse 1 of chapter 4, says, What if you do not believe me or listen to me and say, The Lord did not appear to you. Ever heard that? You don't know Jesus. You don't know. How do you know the Lord didn't talk to you? How do you know it's God? And then they come up with all these questions. If God is God, why did he allow this? And why did he allow that? Then you have all these things coming at you, attacking your faith. Hmm? Attacking you, attacking you, attacking you. Trying to push you off your path, your personal path with God. Hmm? You get to listen to what you want to listen to. See, the world has a way of sapping faith out of you. You know what I mean? just sucks the faith out of you. Like a straw. Just take it right out of you. Once you have declared openly your call. Once you say, you, you tell somebody. Right now, maybe you haven't told anybody. You feel like you're called to be a pastor. You're called to be an evangelist. You're called to go overseas. You're called. And you're just you. But once you declare openly, have fun. The battle begins. It does. Because the world and its system is counter it will it's counter to the call of God. It doesn't want you to do that. It wants you to join the system, join the world. Because it seems right. The Bible is clear. There's a way that seems right to man, but the end thereof leads to destruction. You have to choose. Yes, you do. Hmm? God understands. We're gonna trip. He understands, people. So he begins to show you things. thing. He'll give you a sign. And I'm coming in for a landing. How many have said words to this effect? God, if you just do this for me, then I'll believe. Anybody ever say that? God, if you just do this. And if you just, you know, and it's normal. Gideon put a fleece before God. You know, God, if you do this. And, and, and it's happened time and time again. And God, you know what? In our frailty, God will sometimes come to you like that. He will. He'll provide a sign and a wonder. I had that with Pastor Sonny and, and, and Nikki. God began to give Moses a sign to help him with his faith. And you remember the story, and I won't read it for the sake of time. But he says, "I had to put your staff down, and he turned the staff into a snake. snake remember that? And he's now grab that snake, or rather, that, that snake, yes, by the tail. And when he grabbed it, the Bible said it's turned back into a staff. And you go, wow, a sign. Now, that's pretty cool. If this thing turned into a snake in front of you and turned back, you would trip on me. All of a sudden, you look at Pastor Al. Ooh, cuckoo, Pastor Al. He's a spooky guy, right? That's what, the, 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 the stick turns to a snake. But notice what he said there in verse 5. This, said the Lord, is so that they may be. So he'll provide you a sign. But He's not going to provide you a sign until, in your heart, you have decided to do something. See, we think He's going to give you a sign so that you believe. No, no, no. He will not move until you believe. You believe once you believe, then He's going to, he's going to provide you a sign, like a reassurance. Because when I came out here, I didn't want to come to Colorado Springs, right? I, I, I briefly shared that, and I need. I go, okay, I'm here, God. I'm in Colorado Springs. I don't know if I belong here. But I'm here. I moved. Then God gave me a sign. Bam! It wasn't a snake, but it was a good sign. Amen? And that's how God moves our life. And he gave the sign, not for my belief. (laughs) You know why he gave me that sign? Here it is. So that you'll believe. And that's why I'm sharing it. So that you'll believe. Because you need that belief to move towards God. The the next excuse is number four. This is it, last page. I'm giving you hope. Lord, here he goes. I can't speak. That was his last excuse. I can't. I can't talk. Verse ten, verse uh, chapter four. Moses pleaded with the Lord. Oh Lord, I'm just not a good speaker. I never have been, and I'm not now. Even after you have spoken to me, I'm clumsy with my words. Verse 11, who makes mouths, the Lord asked him. I'm clumsy with my word. I make your mouth. If I was the Lord, been dummy, but I'm not God. I make your mouth. right, continue. Who makes people so they can speak or not, hear or not hear, see or not see? Is it not I, the Lord? So he was rebuking him here. Verse 12, now go and do what I told you. I'll help you speak, and I will tell you what to say. See, now at this point, you can see Moses' two colors coming out. The real deal is Moses was afraid. Yeah, he was one of those, he was a little insecure. See, Moses had tried and failed once before. But he, he did it his way, remember? The, in fact, the Egyptians had a warrant for his arrest. He was like somebody hiding in the home. He had a warrant. He had murdered a man. So I imagine Moses and his humanity, go, wait a minute. I remember years ago, remember he had been gone for, for Egypt for decades now. And I tried, and I killed this Egyptian, and I ran for my life. I don't want to go back. And do See, Moses knew he was called 40 years earlier, but he had run to the desert because he tried it under his own power, not the power of God. See, finally, after all excuses, Moses speaks his heart. He says, send someone else. Send someone else. Not me. Not me. in of Philippines. This is probably. Oh, gosh. I think I went 80. The first time I went was 88. Yeah. Maybe 89. I don't remember that time. And there I am with Pastor Richard at the time. And nobody had known or heard about Victor crowds in the Philippines. And I'll never forget I was there. And we we're riding around on jeepneys. So the smog in Manila is so bad that you, in, 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 during run, run, rush hour you have to wear a, a handkerchief on your mouth because you can't breathe. And um, that's Manila. You're not going to Manila, So I'm in Manila, right? And I'll never forget this. i said this. So God has a, he's a comedian too. So I'm with I'm with Richard, and we're there, and there's people everywhere, just crowds of people. It's hard to imagine. We they're just thousands and thousand, 11 million people in Metro Manila just, just everywhere and it doesn't sleep it's just non-stop and, I, and the smog is going, the cars are going, the people are moving, I have my, my handkerchief and I looked at Richard and I go, Richard I'm glad God called you here, not me took me my big mouth hmm? that was many moons ago huh? thank you God Sending someone else. I could have said that, right? That's what God heard. Little did I know, he had something up his sleeve. Now I've been to Manila, I don't know how many times. I don't know. I go twice a year the last several years. I go all the time. And I have a heart for that place. There's so many hurting people. There's so many people. He says, someone else. See, excuses. And this is excuses are the camouflage of your heart. See, God wants to reveal your heart to you. And every time you make an excuse, it's like you put a little bit of camouflage and so nobody sees really what type of heart you got. And we, as Americans, us Christians, we know how to make good excuses. They sound so good, it could not be God. Because your excuse is just so you know, you can you, you go. Oh, my children, I want to raise them up. I want to put them through Princeton, and, and you can have all these things. Oh, my, this and I. You know, I have intentions. And one day, once I once once I retire, I'm going to give my life to the Lord. And you have these great and just beautiful flowery excuses, and all they are is a camouflage of your heart. Because when God calls you, He doesn't care about your situation. He cares about His situation. His purpose. So we have to understand that when God calls you, you're in the best place possible. To think that God would call you? Think about that. So when I look at my life, I look back and I said, I just said, yes. I didn't know when I was going, but I know how to call. And when I re- evaluate, I go, God, you, you decided to use me. I know where I came from. I know how messed up I was, how angry I was, how violent I was, how perverted I was, how ugly I could be, how rude I, I acted. I know. Nonetheless, God, has to look at us, He looks at our willingness, our desire to say yes. And he fixes all that stuff along the way. He's a good guy. He makes us better. But Moses says, send somebody else. And it says here that the Lord angered. His anger burned against Moses. Imagine getting God mad. Imagine you rejecting the call of God on your life. Do you think God's just going to, oh, it's okay. I still love you. Oh, my friend, God is. We think God is a genie. It's not, it's not, it's not a cartoon. is not a an lamp and a genie. God is a holy God. A righteous God. And, huh? Don't play around with the calling of God on your life. Don't mess with it. If God has a call, treasure it. Now, if we're striving with Moses, God gets angry, God is saying to Moses, I'm getting upset with your disobedience. In fact, I won't deal with you forever. Excuses almost caused Moses to lose his calling. Do you have a call? Do you have another excuse? Luke 9:62, the opening of scripture. And Jesus said, No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Listen very carefully. Those who evaluate, those who accept, and those precious people who respond to God's calling have huge amounts. Courage to change careers. Courage to leave comfort of family and friends. Courage to step into the unknown. It has been said this, I read this quote. If there's one thing upon this earth, mankind loves and admires better than any. It is a brave man or woman. A person who dares to look the devil in the face and tell him, you're the devil. The enemy of your soul will challenge you. Suddenly, some of you more about Listen, no weapon formed. No weapon formed. Listen, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. It's impossible. So hey, if you have a call of God, you're like Superman. You know, the movie Batman and Superman, you're both of them together. Super Batman, I don't know. There's no weapon formed. That's why we can go, we go places that no one else goes to because why? I'm calling of God. I'm here because of the calling of God, and no weapon formed against me will prosper. I believe it. Weapon, knife, guns, I've had a ball pulled up on me. And I just sort of laughed. I've had demon Those people come run up on me, and I said, "What? Come on, get over here, Jack! Don't you know who I am? I've been called of God. You have no authority in this place. The call of God. The devil tried to kill me. Nikki tells me I'm in the hospital. Forty days. Forty days in the hospital. Nikki says, Albert, do you think the devil could have done that to you? I looked at him and go. And I always thought that. I didn't tell nobody that. I thought this is the attack of the devil. He asked me that, and I go, Yeah, I think the devil could do this for me. He goes, That's what the devil did try to do. He confirmed to me. See, the devil tried to kill me, but nonetheless, if you haven't noticed, I'm still here. Why? Because no weapon formed against me shall prosper. None whatsoever. So if you have a call of God in your life, we're gonna sing the song. Now if you don't have a call of God and you're just like, oh, you're busy, just stay there, and kick back, and enjoy the enjoy our song. You know, just I'm not trying to put pressure. But if you have a call of God in your life, you need to get up there because I want to pray for you.